Cantos 1, 2, and 3 of Book 3 of the Ramayana of Balmiki. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Om123. Book 3 of the Ramayana of Valmiki. Translated by Ralph D. H. Griffith. Canto 1. The Hermitage. When Rama, valiant hero, stood in the vast shade of Dantakud, his eyes on every side he bent, and saw a hermit settlement, where coats of bark were hung around, and holy grass bestrewed the ground. Bright with Brahmanic luster glowed that circle where the saints abode, like the hot sun in heaven it shone, too dazzling to be looked upon. Wild creatures found a refuge where the court, well swept, was bright and fair, and countless birds and rodea made their dwelling in the friendly shade. Beneath the boughs of well-loved trees, oft danced the gay of cities. Around was many an ample shade, wherein the holy fire was fed. With sacred grass and skins of deer, ladles and sacrificial gear, and roots and fruit and wood to burn, and many a brimming water on. Tall trees their hallowed branches spread, laden with pleasant fruit overhead, and gifts which holy laws require, and solemn offerings bound with fire. And bade a chance on every side, that home of hermits sanctified. There many a flower its odor shed, and lotus blooms the lake overspread. There, clad in coats of bark and hide, their food by roots and fruits supplied, dwelt many an old and reverend sire, bright as the sun or lord of fire, all with each worldly sense subdued, a pure and saintly multitude. The Veda chants, the saints who trod, the sacred ground and mused on God, made the delightful grove appear, like Brahma's own most glorious fair. As Raghu's splendid son surveyed that hermit home and tranquil shade, he loosed his mighty bowstring, then drew nearer to the holy man. With keen celestial sight endued, those mighty saints the chieftain viewed. With joy to meet the prince they came, and gentle cedar dear to fame. They looked on virtuous Rama, fair as Soma in the evening air, and Lakshman by his brother's side, and Sita long in duty tried, and with glad blessings every sage received him in the hermitage. Then Rama's form and stature tall, and tranced the wondering eyes of all, his youthful grace, his strength of limb, and garb that nobly sat on him. To Lakshman too their looks they raised, and upon Sita's beauty gazed, with eyes that closed not lest their sight should miss the vision of delight. Then the pure hermits of the oud, rejoicing in all creatures good, their guest, the glorious Rama, led within a cot with leaves overhead. With highest honour all the best of radiant saints received their guest, with kind observance as his meat, and gave him water for his feet. The highest pitch of rapture wrought, 
their stoles of roots and fruit they brought. They poured the blessings on his head, and all we have is thine, they said. Then, reverent, hand to hand applied, each duty-loving hermit cried, The king is our protector, pride, in fame, maintainer of the right. He bears the awful sword and hands, deserves an elder's reverence. One fourth of Indra's essence he, preserves his realm from danger free. Hence honoured by the world of right, the king enjoys its joy's delight. Thou shouldst to us protection give, for in thy realm their lord will live. Whether in town or wood thou be, thou art our king, thy people we. Our worldly aims are laid aside, our hearts are tamed and purified. To thee our guardian, we who are, our only wealth by penance torn. Then the pure dwellers in the shade, to Raghu's son due honour paid, and Lakshman, bringing store of roots, and many a flower and woodland fruits, and others drove the prince to please, with all attentive courtesies. Counter two, Virata. Thus entertained, he passed the night. Then, with the morning's early light, to all the hermits bade adieu, and sought his onward way anew. He pierced the mighty forest where roamed many a deer and pard and bear. Its ruined pools his scars could see, for creeper rent and prostrate tree where shrill cicadas cries were heard, and plaintive notes of many a bird. Deep in the thickets of the wood, with Lakshman and his pals he stood. There, in the horrid shade, he saw a giant passing nature's law. Vast as some mountain peak in sight, with mighty voice and sunken eyes, huge, hideous, tall, with monstrous face, most ghastly of his giant rays. A tiger's hide, the Rakshas wore, still reeking with the fat and gore. He's faced like him who rules the dead, all living things he struck with dread. Three lions, tigers four, ten deer, he carried on his iron spear, two wolves, an elephant's head beside, with mighty tasks where its blood drops died. When on the tree his fierce eye fell, he charged them with a roar and yell, as furious as the grisly king, when stricken walls are perishing. Then with a mighty roar that shook, the art beneath their feet he took, the trembling Sita to his side. We drew a little space and cried, Ha, shortly wretches, yeah, who dare, in helmet dress with mated hair, armed each with arrows, sword and bow, through Dundek's pathless wood to go. How what one day my bid you tell, can you among ascetics dwell? Who are ye seers who despise the right in holy man's disguise? The great Virata, day by day, through this deep tangled wood I stray, and ever, armed with trusty steel, I see the saint to make my meal. This woman, young and fair of frame, shall be the conquering giant's dame. Your blood, dear things of evil life, my lips shall quaff in battle strife.
he spoke and janak's hapless child scared by his speech so fierce and wild trembled for terror as a frail young plaintin shivers in the gale when rama saw virata clasp fair sita in his mighty grasp thus with pale lips the terror dried the hero to his brother cried oh see virata's arm enfold my darling in its cast hold the child of janak best of kings my spouse whose soul to virtue clings sweet princess with pure glory bright nursed in the lap of soft delight now falls the blow kk meant successful in her dark intent this day her cruel soul will be triumphant over thee and me though varad on the throne is set her greedy eyes look farther yet me from my home she dared expel me whom all creatures loved so well this fatal day at length i win brings triumph to the younger queen i see with bitterest grief and shame another touch the mortal day not loss of sire and royal power so grips me as this mournful hour does in his anguish cried the chief then drowned in tears overwhelmed by grief does lakshman in his anger spake quick panting like a spellbound snake canst thou my brother in rose peer when i thy minister am near does grieve like some forsaken thing thou every creature's lord and king my vengeful shaft the fiend shall slay and art shall drink his blood to-day the fury which my soul at first upon our serving varat nast on this virata will i wreak as indra splits the mountain peak winged by this arm's impetuous might my shaft with deadly force the monster in the chest shall smite and fell his shattered cause canto three Berada attacked Berada with a fearful shout that echoed through the wood cried out what man are ye i bid you say and whither would ye bend your way to him whose mouth shot fiery flame the hero told his race and name two warriors nobly bred are we and through the suit we wander free but who art thou how born and styled who roamest here in dundak's wild to rama bravest of the brave his answer does virata gave hear rago's son and mark me well and i my name and race will tell of Sadarada born I spring, from Java as my sire, O king, may ye of this lofty lineage all, giants on arts without her call. The rights austere I long maintained, from Brahma's grace the boon have gained, to bear a charmed frame which never weapon or shaft may pierce or tear. Go as ye came, untouched by fear, and leave me with this omen here, go swiftly from my presence fly or by this hand ye both shall die then rama with his fierce eyes red with fury to the giant said woe to thee sina fond and weak 
who madly does thy death will seek. Stand, for it waits thee in the fray, with life thou never shalt flee away. He spoke, and raised a cord whereon, a pointed arrow flashed and shone. Then, wild with anger from his bow, he launched a weapon on the foe. Seven times the fatal cord he drew, and fought seven rapid arrows flew. Shafts winged it gold that left a wind, and even Supurna's self behind. Full on the giant's breast they smote, and purpled like the peacock's throat, passed through his mighty bulk and came, to art again like flakes of flame. The fiend, the metal daemon clasped, in his fierce hand his spear he grasped, and, while with rays, pierced through and through, at Rama and his brother flew. So loud the roar which chilled with fear, so massy was the monster's spear, he seemed like Indra's flexed of dread, as the dark god who rules the dead. On his brother fears as he, whose mites and walls have ceased to be, the princely brothers poured amain, their fiery flood of airy rain. Unmoved he stood, and opening wide, his dire mouth laughed unterrified, and ever as the monster gaped, those arrows from his jaws escaped. Preserving still his life unharmed, by Brahma's saving promise charmed, his mighty spear aloft in air, he raised and rushed upon the pair. From Rama's bow two arrows flew, and cleft that massive spear in two, dire as the flaming levin sent from out the cloudy firmament. Cut by the shafts he guided well, to art the giant's weapon fell, as when from Meru's summit riven by fiery balls a rock is driven. Then swift his sword its warrior drew, like a dread serpent black of fear, and gathering fury for the blow, rushed fiercely on the giant foe. Around its prince an arm he cast, and held the dauntless heroes fast, then through his gash escaped and bled, bearing the twain he turned and fled. Then Rama saw the giant's plan, and to his brother thus began, O Lakshman, let Birada steal, Hurry us onward as he will, for look, Sumitra's son, he goes, along the path we freely chose. He spoke, the rover of the night, upraised him with terrific might, till to his lofty shoulders swung, like children to his neck they clung. Then sending far his fearful roar, the princess through the wood he bore, a wood like some vast cloud to view where birds of every plumage flew, and mighty trees overarching trio, dark shadows on the ground, where snakes and silvan creatures made their dwelling, and the jackals trade through tangled brakes around. End of Cantos 1, 2, and 3